Welcome to Translate This. Translate This. Translate This, a podcast about language. What else? Oh, uh, <coughs> culture. Yeah. Life. And the hilarity of it all. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Translate This, sponsored by Barbier International. You can find us on social media at translate.this.podcast on Facebook and Twitter at translate this underscore P and Instagram at translate underscore podcast. Or should I say the gram? Oh, yes. I like that. You know, before we start today, yes. let's, let's, I just want you yeah. to, to yeah. know that I'm, I'm really enjoying the word clout. Clout. For many reasons. Mm -hmm. It's a great word to say. Say it out loud. It's very, very clout. 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 I, got a, I have a lot of clout it has in a, that field. Yeah, it's a diphthong. Oh. Do you know what a diphthong is? Please remind me. Okay, a diphthong is when you have two vowels mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. in a in a word, mm -hmm. and you pronounce them both. So clout. See how you get that? Like clout. Clout. Mm -hmm. That's like cloud. But yeah, cloud. Clout. Uh -huh. But it's a diphthong, okay. and so uh, you know you have to you have to say it that way, sing it that way. But I also like that it ends in a hard consonant sound. Clout. Mm -hmm. Clout. And then people say clouty. <laughs> <laughs> you always try to get me in trouble somehow. Some word that has some innuendo, some connotation. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to fall in that trap this time. The gram is about clout. Hmm. Social okay. media is about clout. Uh huh. You, you did the Gen Z podcast. Do you remember yeah. episode? Yeah. What was that episode? Three two, or four? Two. Two? Yeah. Episode two. It was episode two. We are, by the way, this is episode six of Translate This with Richard and Melissa. That's right. Over here in Madrid, Spain. Madrid, Spain. It is a beautiful day. autumn day. Yeah. The trees are, the changing of the leaves are happening here in Madrid, which for those of you who have ever experienced a New England fall, nothing can compare with that. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no, it but is really beautiful. This could get second place. Yeah. Well, I, I think this could get a, a much higher ranking than beautiful mm -hmm. Southern California, Los Angeles. Yeah. And everybody's so nice here in yeah. Madrid. Yeah, I, it is. I feel like everybody's nice. Yeah. It's my it, third month now here. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm mm -hmm. uh, month four. Yeah. That's exciting. All right. I know. So uh, lay it on me, dude. What are we doing today? Well, <clears throat> um... First, I want to say I had a realization um, when I was researching. Mine, I'm, am I, what kind of research guy am I? And I realized a pattern now is my third um, topic. Yeah. And I go into a wormhole, whatever I'm researching, and then I come out wanting to, to research something related but different. Yeah, yeah. And, and I realize my passion level goes way up. And sometimes I feel guilty because that's not what I originally was going to study. Yeah. But you know what? You are such an authentic person. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I realize now that I haven't told our listeners what clout means, oh. um, which relates to you in this, oh. because you're not about the clout. Am I clouty? No, you're not. You are about the authentic, organic listener base. You are about researching, like you just said, mm -hmm. about things you're passionate about that Absolutely, you've gone off on a tangent, but it's yeah. about what you are passionate about. You don't care whether or not it's going to get you Thank and you. earn you clout. 
Thank you. I was, yeah, I and appreciate that support. And, yeah. and I'm sure you're the same. You, you obviously have passion in what yep. you, you know, we all want that. And I, yeah. and we're validating that, right? Oh, I'm hoping so. Um, so we're not about the clout. <laughs> no, but, but I get how like maybe in other podcasts, I can't, I can't imagine like if you were doing a, a crime podcast, Yeah. what if you, what if it wasn't a crime, then you can't do it. But what if yeah. you're passionate, you know, yeah. what I like about ours is like, it's culture, you know, languages, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. all related in some way. Really? You know? Yeah. And so well, me finding, I sorry, me finding, that's very bad English. Sorry. <laughs> Slap my wrist. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, by, unless by, you put the with in front of it and then you're perfectly me fine. Me with finding. No, with me finding. <laughs> Okay, let me just say... Me with finding. No, okay. So before you go into this, pet peeve number 556 is you and I, you and me, and how people don't say it the right way. So, Yeah, sorry. you and me got to fix that. Yeah, but with me finding something, ah. you don't say with I finding something, so uh -huh. you were saying it. Right. You just okay. throw the with, with, put the conjunction in there. Throw the with in um i forgot what i was gonna say you're saying but you're finding <laughs> what you want to research versus what you set out to research yeah um it's it makes our podcast so much more authentic like you said um and it makes me learn more about myself mm. and that's great there's some self-realization happening right nice. here right nice yeah um oh completely now I know people are just dying for my topic. Yes. I know they're just like their hands are just ringing. They're they're sweaty <laughs> right next to their their speaker or they're turning the us laptop. Off. The two. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully not. I have a confession. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it gets uh, juicier. Yeah, and this is not the topic either. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and we dry crest one more yeah. time. So I've been teaching you know, languages, uh, whether it's Spanish or English for dec for more than, yeah, close to two decades. And yeah. I have a confession. What? I suck at learning languages. <laughs> <laughs> now that's interesting that you uh -huh. say that because yeah. you are a language trainer. Yes. And, um, here is the connection to that. What you just said is that it's me, uh, me suck, <laughs> me sucking at languages with me sucking languages. Me suck me with sucking, sucking me. No, not sucking me. How do I say that? I suck at this. <laughs> I can't even breathe right now. Oh, that's... <laughs> Can I just say it my way? Yes, damn it! Just say it your way. Me with... sucking at languages. <laughs> that is so bad uh, too. No, it's with me sucking. Yeah. learning a language <laughs> that is how you want to say that okay. which is still awful you just say with my inability to learn a language properly uh, that is really what uh, you want to say but yes, <laughs> everything that's you just so said much what I gave say. me the belly roll laugh that i needed for the week oh, good. thank you good that was good. great well um it made me a better trainer and teacher yeah um because i understand the struggle you have empathy empathy a lot of empathy. You have empathy. Not just yeah. sympathy. Empathy. But empathy. Empathy. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate my struggles so much now. And I understand a lot of people out there 
uh, learning languages and mm-hmm. they're, they're having a hard time yeah. or they wish they learned another language or they wish they could learn a third. Right. You know, I have trouble learning a third. Well, know? not everyone's a polyglot. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. But it really made me more empathetic towards people who want to learn and my students, right. my right. former students. And that's where I get all my confidence from is sure. being able to uh, create uh, lessons, units, that that are really effective for all learners, not mm-hmm. just some. Completely. Um, and that really loosely goes to my actual topic, ah, but very, very nice. loosely. But that's okay, though. Yeah. I, I liked we that we understand your journey as a language yeah. trainer because you know that's the thing mm-hmm. too. Uh, learning language can be incredibly intimidating, but I love the fact that you are vulnerable like this and just say, you know, because yeah. I really sucked at it. It made me who I am as a trainer because I was inspired to learn how to teach better. Yeah, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> teach <laughs> a better, me. yes, teach a better way to teach people to learn in a different way that they'll mm-hmm. have more confidence in learning. And yeah. believe you me, I've seen Richard teach. He's amazing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so what is, what is all this about? What yeah. is this, where is this leading yeah. us to? Um, it is leading to TV and film Ooh. that, is a great source of learning another language. Yes. And I know people, most people know about that. And I want to be very specific. Um, and it depends on where you're at, at learning. But mm-hmm. when you uh, watch a film and, and it could be your favorite films mm-hmm. um, and you've seen them three times mm-hmm. in your own language, try it in a second language that you want to learn. Um, and put the subtitles. Very good and, advice. And that's a great, easy way to learn at home, and it's fun, and it's your favorite film, so you're not bored. Right. However, those of you who are more advanced and you're ready to watch films from another country, mm. then you learn more about their culture, uh, you learn more about um, their dialects and, and their slang and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That leads to a Spanish TV show. Oh, that I'm not going to recommend. Oh (laughs) no! no. Instead of recommending it, I I would love for you Uh and I Uh to analyze it. Now I know. Okay, I don't think you've seen it. Uh, Maybe you have. It's called Sky Rojo. No, I haven't seen it, but I saw it advertised. I have yet Ah, to watch it. it. Okay, it actually it seems to be incredibly popular here. Yes. I don't know where it is on the rankings of Spanish TV shows, but I know it's pretty high. And guess who produced and directed it? Um, I only someone know, like, of another, someone of another really famous Spanish TV show or series. I have to say series. Is it the Valeria people? Nope. Uh, the Money Heist people? Yes. <laughs> Alex Pina and Esther Martinez Lobato. Cool. They are um, um, male, female, and that the, their gender is going to come up soon. So okay. I brought that up. Okay. Um, team, mm-hmm. two people mm-hmm. who made um, Casa de Papel, those yes. of you who watch in Spanish, and Money Heist. Um, very, very, I mean, it was more of a viral thing that happened, yeah. right? It, yeah. It died the first season in Spain. Nothing really happened. And mm-hmm. then, it, then Netflix bought it and then spread it out all over uh latin america yeah and it just went viral and then back to spain and spain loved it too yeah but um so they made a new show new series called um 
uh, Sky Rojo. Now, before now, this is not a recommendation; it's an analysis. Okay, that's interesting. Yes, and um, and I'm gonna. I would like some of your help. Okay, you being a woman. Okay. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. Last time I checked. Last time you checked, and okay. we don't need to check twice. No. Okay. I, I still I still checked physically and and uh, gender wise. I identify mm. as female. So the topic is, and I'm I'm little. I'm just gonna throw it out there on the order of how I talk about things. Okay. The topic is, the theme is mixing entertainment and social justice advocacy Ooh. together. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of a new thing in my perspective. Um, okay. Social justice um, is a big issue, you know, in the past five or 10 years. As, of course, has been forever always right, a big right. issue but as far as mainstream mm-hmm. um where now hollywood is taking interest is this right? a is this a me too show <clears throat> i don't know if it is actually like labeled a me too show but i'm gonna get into it now okay okay so okay, i have no idea what it's oh. about i just know the title that's yeah. all i know because the reason why mm-hmm. i i'm really interested in this topic richard mm-hmm. because i've just recently started watching the morning show oh yeah and that is definitely a social mm-hmm. justice platform that mm-hmm. Hollywood is now with the Me Too movement. Yes. And it's so far, I'm, I'm only watching season one. I know season two just mm-hmm. came out, but I'm watching season one and it's brilliant. And yeah. I am going to recommend it yes. because I think it shows a lot of the hypocrisy mm-hmm. and the and the double-sided everything. I don't know. I really like it. Um, I saw season one. I, I enjoyed it. I saw the Good. whole season and I just started season two. Okay. So, and there's amazing actors. Okay. Yeah. That's the other right? thing too. Amazing actors yeah. in season just one and two. Crazy cast. Yeah. You know, like amazing. Um, <clears throat> this is, uh, when I first saw Sky Rojo, I loved it. Okay. But then the more I analyzed it, the more I questioned it. And I still, hmm. I still don't recommend it or recommend it. I, okay. I don't, I'm not going out there saying, watch it. Wow. What I probably am saying to people is like, this is what it is. You may like it. You may not like it. You may love it and you may hate it. Okay. And I have found, um, some reviews. Yeah. Um, I specifically picked, um, women reviewers, female right. reviewers, because I wanted to read their side of uh, point of view. Yeah. And I had, th- I found three and, um, two loved it. And one didn't. Okay. But we're going to go in a little bit why about and, that. And I want our listeners to know that I would say that you call yourself a feminist. Oh, thank you for bringing it up. And people are wondering why in particular am I focused on this topic? I have two daughters that are now very young adults. And um, they both are just, you know, in the past year and a half entering the adult world. And I, during their... Uh, adolescent years and their childhood years, I was very conscious about how to raise them in a, in a very modern way in Mm -hmm. which their power, their advocacy is important. Mm -hmm. And that, um, knowing what I had gone through in my, um, my years growing up Mm -hmm. in a patriarchal society Mm -hmm. and realizing my patriarchy that I had grown up with, and like didn't know, and then suddenly I realized I did. Um, I wanted to raise them as best as I could, you know. Yeah. So I'm very conscious about that. And in fact, um, I felt 
a little uncomfortable sharing a TV show from Spain that could be seen as um, still um, upholding patriarchy. This is why it's a controversial. I gotcha. It's controversial. Yeah. Even though it proposes to um, promote social justice in terms of women, right? Um, Now I've got to see the show now. Yeah. But before I do that, I this weekend, last weekend, mm-hmm. I went to see a uh, theater production of a show called Seven, and it's not the Brad Pitt. No, sorry, okay. sorry, it's not that one. That's a great movie. Oh yeah, don't yeah. you just love Morgan just, Freeman? Yeah, it's really no, it's sad. Great though. team it's a, actors. Right oh yeah, there, no, they were right? they were phenomenal together. I wish they had made more movies together. Uh, but it's, oh my gosh. it's so sad because yeah. he's just, well, I'm, for those of you who have not seen it, I don't want to ruin it, but just the whole thing with the box. I mean, just, oh, did, uh, not I'm not going to say what about, but it's just going to tell you, it's just, it's a gut wrenching scene and you just feel everything that Brad yeah. is feeling on screen yeah. and amazing performance by him in that. Okay. Don't take away the thunder from the seven I saw, though. This one, this one, I have to tell you a little bit about it. Okay. It's about seven women journalists um, uh. who, not recent, but in the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years, yeah. who had um, interviewed um, very courageous women in uh, many countries, many who considered who would be considered third world countries who had overcome a lot of adversity Mm -hmm. to promote women's rights. And they did these interviews and a woman named Carol Mack compiled all these interviews into a woven theater is like a reading, basically seven women representing those countries, reading their struggles. And that beats the heck out of the vagina monologues. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I wanted part of this podcast to not just talk about this big Hollywood style uh, Spanish TV show, um, but I want to analyze it, but also wanted to promote something that is um, social justice right, art right. in a pure form. Okay. And it's called Seven by Carol Mack, if it, and it's a theater production, so you can't watch it on YouTube or anything, um, but you guys can find out about it. Um, it's touring? It is touring. I mean, I saw it here in Madrid this weekend. So, but it's um, it's globally touring. It's globally touring. Yeah. Okay. So that said, I want to go back to Sky Rojo, and um, it's about three women. Finally, we're talking about what is this Sky Rojo? <laughs> Sky Rojo. Is everybody still there? Yeah. They all went to get go on a coffee break. It's Richard's turn. Let's go get coffee. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> okay, it's about three women. Okay, they're the the main characters. Um, Coral, uh, played by Veronica Sanchez, Wendy, played by Lali Esposito, Gina, played by Yanni Prado, and um, Veronica is from Spain, mm-hmm. and Lali is Argentinian, mm-hmm. Yanni is Cuban. Oh, wow. And they are all playing, pros- not sorry, not prostitutes. Um, sex workers. Sh- sex workers, strippers. Strippers, but basically... Exotic dancers. Basically... They have to have sex with their their clients in the strip club. Oh, so they're sex working exotic dancers. No, yes. that doesn't make sense. No, how do we say, say that? They're exotic dancers who are also sex workers. It's, Can we say that? You know, that's it's. A, now I think about it, it's a gray. It's a, they're in the gray area yeah. because like prostitutes okay. are in in some countries are illegal. 
But right. but that's the thing is mm-hmm. that so for all you Gen Xers out there, we grew up with the word strippers and prostitutes, mm-hmm. and I even have had to uh, you know self mm-hmm. self uh, filter because yeah. now we know it's sex workers yeah. and exotic dancers, and that is you know two, two that different is, that's two different jobs, right? Yeah, but, two different jobs, yeah. but that is the terminology that yeah. is uh, politically correct, Which and we're going to be I politically correct, and I, I agree I with agree it with too. It. Because I also think that there's, well, we're not going to get into it, this mm-hmm. one, but, you know, you and I have very strong feelings about mm-hmm. protecting sex worker rights mm-hmm. and exotic dancer rights. Mm-hmm. And if uh, one of our daughters ended up doing that for a living, but that was what she was passionate about, mm-hmm. we would be probably supportive uh, as much as we could. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm going to, I'm going to be completely blunt mm-hmm. and honest. I, I, I'm not going to say I would prefer my daughter to be a sex worker, but if that is what she chose to do for a professional and if that is what she felt what was best for her mm-hmm. who am i to say that's wrong you know as long as she's being safe and and yeah. you know all the people out there they can throw daggers at my head right now but i you know i'm there's I'm no just, one throwing daggers you know they might be but here's the thing i also uh, have a friend well mm-hmm. i had a friend because we've lost touch but she was a an exotic dancer okay and i know for a fact regardless if it is intentional or unintentional mm-hmm. I know that the majority of her clients, Mm -hmm. when they had lap dances, would finish on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Not in a way that That, anybody else could see. Yeah. But through their clothing. Yeah. And she said, just very bluntly, told me that Mm -hmm. that's common. That's par for the course. Right. So... If That's women, sex, right? That, it, draw, it, that passes the line of, of it, it does dancers. because one person is actually climaxing, mm-hmm. so they're physically climaxing mm-hmm. in this setting, yeah. Um, and they're you know are in a public situation, yeah. and and the other person is not, but it is a form of sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. Exotic dancers uh, provoke sexual. Well, sexual pleasure, yeah. right? That's what the whole purpose the is. Whole point. And and it's the whole point, right? Yeah. Regardless if it's whatever gender mm-hmm. is is receiving mm-hmm. the lap dance, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because the whole point is to give sexual pleasure to the receiver mm-hmm. of the dance. Right. And when she her the majority of her clients, ninety nine point nine, were male. Yeah. And they would most of the time finish mm-hmm. uh, while she was giving them a lap dance. Mm-hmm. So if a sex worker yeah. is able to then say in this situation, look, I'm going to monetize this because mm-hmm. it's happening anyway. Why shouldn't I gain more money mm-hmm. uh, for that? Mm-hmm. Because it's par for the course. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. going to happen anyway. Right. I think great. And and give and we actually had another friend of ours that you know that's uh, one of my husband's other friends up in the northwest. And he what's was his union, name? Just no, kidding. I'm not going to say. <laughs> he's a what's union. His, what's his last name? No, he he and his girlfriend. Uh, she used to say because he he was a union representative for a while that he should go and be a, the the exotic dancers union rep. She, uh-huh. He should form a union up in Portland because okay, for people who don't know, Portland, Oregon has more uh, exotic dance locations per capita than anywhere else in the United States, um, and it's not that big of a town. I mean, we're talking in the metropolitan area, two million people, maybe two and a half now. So that's a lot of exotic did, dancers and a did, lot of exotic places. Did you know, I don't think I told you this, did you know that I moved, when I lived in Virginia, I moved from the city of the most churches per capita 
to the, to the city with the most exotic dancers. Exotic dancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty funny. One straight to the other. One from the other. From, from heaven yeah. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on which Depending way you're living, it could be from hell to heaven. <laughs> Depending on how you want to look at it. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I think that's the difference. And I think Australia uh, has a culture with with sex workers that has a whole different situation where they have rights and mm. and there are laws and whatnot. I know here in Spain, I found out that it's neither legal nor illegal. Yeah. Um, but they still frame it in prostitution. So they, they film it, yeah. they frame it in that they don't frame it necessarily. Mm. So, so to your topic, yeah. I'm not surprised that you're feeling that perhaps it's promoting the same old sable. Well, this is, this is why I, like this because it's con- it's it's complex first of all right. complex and my podcast or my topic is not going to lead us to a solution it's going to okay. i hope it leads us to um de- a desire to find more facts right more information on on now i i want to bring that up but we haven't totally brought up the whole justice part the whole social justice part of this show because that's what the complexity is. It's sex and violence plus social justice advocacy. Okay. Okay. And there, so you're thinking, well, there are three sex workers. Um, and, and so what's, what's going on here? Right. Why is this different from all the other, you know, crap, you know, all the other male chauvinist stuff that's coming out is that <clears throat> the two, uh, creators, um, uh, one male, one female. Yeah created um woven um the narrative that two of those women were were kind of kidnapped from their country so that's why one's from argentina argentina the other one's from cuba they were in some ways um led to believe um and this happens all over the world they were led to believe that that there's you know greener pastures and and their dream come true in spain and yeah. um, they find out that it's not that way. You know that that's been in the news here lately. So I haven't seen anything specific, anything, no, where yeah. is it happening? So they were talking about the fact that there's a lot of women that are being brought here mm-hmm. from Venezuela, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah. Specifically, they said Venezuela, Colombia. Yeah. Then they also said Africa, but I don't know which countries of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ghana was mentioned. It makes sense, the desperation that's happening yeah. in some of these countries, especially Venezuela. Um, it's easy. It's Sex easy trafficking. to do it. It's easy to bring them. Yeah. And um, But that's different than what you're talking about. So you're talking about sex workers and exotic dancers. Are they, Do they get into... Is it sex trafficking where it goes to? Because that's a whole... These, these women are forced yeah, to do it. Yeah, sex trafficking. Right. Um, they were being... They, they made the, um, the plot um, and the characters more developed. Because okay. one of them did it by choice. So the main character, Coral, um, went in. She's Spanish from Spain. Okay. And she's supposed she kind of escaped. We don't know this backstory. It might be season three. Okay. But she escaped some type of family um, trauma or abuse. All right. And decided to hide and become a sex worker. Okay. And I'm going to say sex worker because they are both exotic dancers and they, they, have sex with their clients. So I'll just say a sex worker. Um, and the other two are, are quote unquote kidnapped. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, you know, I would say kidnapped, Mm -hmm. but you know, they were led to believe one thing, but they're really kidnapped because if they try to leave, um, 
uh, Romero, who's the club owner and basically the you know the antagonist in, mm -hmm. in all this, the bad, the big big bad guy. He's saying, well, if you leave, um, I know how to um, get to your family members and you might not see them again. So that's definitely what we would used to have called a pimp. So mm -hmm. I think now they have a different word too. It might be manager of a sex worker. I mean, I'm guessing here. I don't know if there's a new word for that because, uh, you know. No, to me, it's it's slavery. It's slavery. Oh, completely. Right? It's a, it's, he's an enslaver. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, now, that's if you word. want to argue that about the traditional pimp, um, there might be some, there might be some, uh, connection to that. Like a lot of young women are scared into thinking they're, you know, they're going to die if they leave their pimp. Now, is that sex slavery? That's mm -hmm. a, that's a topic. Right. Now, um, I, I want to, um, again, say my purpose of this topic is to go into the idea that's happening, not just in this, uh, TV show, but in, in other shows, and I have mm -hmm. one other um, as an example of mixing social justice advocacy with um, violence okay. and sex. In this case, okay. a lot of sex and a lot of violence. Okay. And is it, is it making our conscience, consciences more um, empathetic? Um, are we becoming more empathetic to the cause of these victims, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or is it glorifying and glamorizing just like all the other films and no one really cares about the the social justice piece right that's the question um now here basically the social justice part of sky rojo is um you've seen thelma and louise yeah okay yeah those of you who haven't seen thelma and louise it's an iconic film um uh, believe it was 1992 maybe let me look three. that up um, and it was an iconic film, in my opinion, that um, highlighted the plight of the uh, women in the United States. It's a Ridley Scott film. Too. Ridley Scott. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites. 1991. You were close. Okay. And uh, two women um, had had uh, killed a man defending themselves from a rape and mm -hmm. had ran away and the police chased them. And I won't say the end. Um, yeah. this film has been compared to that, or I'm sorry, Sky Rojo has been compared to Thelma and Louise really? in, in a, in a loose way because huh. I don't want to bring too much, you know, I want you to enjoy the, the show, but here, let me tell you one of the reviews again, okay. all three of these were women, okay. women. Um, first one is Ellen Jones of the guardian. I love the guardian. Oh, I love My the guardian. Favorite. Love the guardian. Four out of five stars. Four out of five stars. Guardian, you can like sponsor us anytime. We love oh, you. Yeah. Um, she referenced Sky Rojo as uh, referencing Tarantino film. Wow. Fiction style with uh, sex in the city narration. That's some big words. Yeah. Right. That makes me want to watch it. Yeah. Um, she even called it binge worthy. Oh, right. Cool. Um, she has a quote. She said, this isn't here. Here's what makes it interesting. Because okay. they were clearly trying to put uh, the Me Too or the social justice piece in there to say, hey, we're moral. We're, we're trying to, uh, um, I, in, in a way, they're saying, we're trying to uh, entice you with all the sex and violence so that okay. you could see the plight of, of these women, right? Mm -hmm. um, she goes, this isn't, quote, she, this isn't uh, intriguing moral complexity. Mm-hmm. 
its irritating moral confusion, and it threatens to detract from the otherwise uncomplicated pleasure, the uncomplicated pleasure. So she's saying mm. that this moral stuff is not working for me. I just want the, the blood and the violence and the sex. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Um, Second quote from Time Magazine, okay. Judy Berman. She recommended it. Both of these two women recommended it. It's great. Um, she says it's great Pulp Fiction style. Uh, referencing, who did she reference? Uh, uh, she referenced Thelma and Louise and Breaking Bad together. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I love Again, Breaking Bad. I, I got I to gotta yeah. see this because I love both of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, she said she she recomm- she warned her readers not to see this as a social justice like okay. piece. Yeah, just watch it, enjoy it, blood and guts. You know, devoid of morality. Even though they there was a very conscious effort to put morality in there, um, mm. she quoted. Uh, but this isn't any kind of social realist drama, and it doesn't make sense to judge it as such. Okay. So there, she's saying. Don't judge this as a social justice piece. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Shut up and enjoy it. Wow. Of, maybe. Shut up. That's right. Uh-huh. So I, I could actually found one, you know, in my quote unquote um, investigative style. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I just found one. All right. There could be more out there, but who knows? You know, the, you know, internet is uh, oh my God. infinite. Yeah. But um, I found one that balances out all uh, right abby robinson of digital spy mm, seems like a decent website I yeah don't know. yeah she didn't recommend it she said it was um and i and i liked her description it okay. wasn't like i agree with it but i liked her description. it was too gratuitous too mm-hmm. much gratuitous sex and violence at the expense of women's bodies to send a smaller social crisis message now that's my words in a nutshell of her article you know, what's interesting is that listening to that review reminds mm-hmm. me very much of what a lot of people stated about the show Girls on mm-hmm. HBO. Mm-hmm. Too mm-hmm. much gratuitous sex yeah. and the exploitation of female body yeah. to to drive the point home that they're uh, empowered mm-hmm. because those characters yeah. were anything but empowered. They mm-hmm. were, I mean... They were they were difficult to to get through. They were they were. I think it was amazing to if if you've not seen I've seen girls about two three seasons. I loved every, I loved yeah, the whole show. I saw at okay, least two seasons. so I have to clarify the fact that I did love that series, mm. and there were some amazing people that came out of that mm. series that are now even bigger than than the show thought would happen. Yeah, but um, it was very problematic to watch. Yeah, the critical uh how would i say this it it was hard to watch the women promote themselves as liberated young sexually active females Mm -hmm. when a lot of what was going on with them seemed to be repetitive of the same problems women have had ever since the notion of women's liberation or even beforehand that we can have sex without Mm -hmm. uh emotion like mm-hmm. a man supposedly can have, which we all know now is a bunch of shit that mm-hmm. neither gender really can do that, that there's either a conscious choice not to engage emotionally mm-hmm. and that you're just going for the pleasure of, you mm-hmm. know, the 
pure sex of it right. or um or that you you just can't engage in the sex because you're emotionally um you know in in needing that you mm -hmm. need that emotional bond to enjoy right. the sex so it was it was crisis watching hmm. watching every episode it was a crisis for me a crisis wow. mode every time but i couldn't stop watching because i was addicted to uh, their crisis mode okay. so i'm wondering if like if i'm you, watching sky rojo it would be kind of that way you're gonna your your perspective is going to be unique to me then that because now i see some parallels very i don't know loose parallels with girls and sky rojo and the fact that that the messages like liberated women but gratuitous sex yeah. i don't know if that's yeah. you see if you agree with that the similarity um but um it might be the link of gen z okay of the overexposure of violence and sex and nudity yeah pornography right that's what's needed you know and sky rojo just came out you know this year last year yeah girls is the next generation might they, would they be gen z or, or no they're millennial. millennials millennial okay um, but then you look at look at Sex in the City. You yeah. know that's a, a not a spinoff, but you know what I mean. Right. Similar genre, um, and how much sex was there compared to girls? Oh no, there was a lot of sex, mm -hmm. but not as much physically seeing bodies. Yeah, uh, there was not as much nudity in mm -hmm. Sex in the City, and um, there was only one character that you really saw naked yeah. the most. Uh, Cynthia, not Cynthia Nixon. Um, Oh gosh, the one that that played um, the her agent, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't think of her name right now, and I love her. Uh, but anyway, she maybe producer mm -hmm. Lauren can look it up for me. Um, so she really was the one that was the most liberal, uh, you know, liberated, sexually active, and didn't uh, comp didn't apologize for how much sex she wanted with mm -hmm. whomever she was. and she had her own issues mm -hmm. with that. I and, know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I forgot her name. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, look it up for us here but mm -hmm. yeah i mean but in in relation to girls mm -hmm. all of them you saw all of their bodies yeah i remember and yeah. valeria yeah. okay another another which similar. is basically sex of the city uh, mm -hmm. from spain mm -hmm. you see all of them very mm -hmm. naked mm -hmm. and that's a lot of gratuitous sex mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. and but i still i still find that to be a really great show so sadly, I guess in my pride, you know, I don't know, I don't know I should apologize for it. Uh, Samantha Jones. Samantha Jones. Thank yeah. you. That yeah. was her character mm -hmm. was Samantha Jones. Yes. But what is her actress name? What is the actress's name? Producer Lauren. She can give that to you. Sonia. Oh, we're going to find out. We'll find out. Um, so that's another narrative um, in my topic is, yeah. is, is it? This, the younger generation desiring more nudity, more sex, more porn to to be engaged, right? And that's part of the, the, the theme. Because okay. Sky Rojo, to me, is going in that direction of like, um, you want to send a message? Put sex on it. Put pornography on it. Put violence on it. Um, and then the majority of the people will will pay attention. You know, okay. and so, that, that's, that's, I'm not stating that I'm saying, I'm suggesting that as a topic to discuss, but yeah. I want to suggest, okay, first of all, we got producer Laura gave us the name, uh, Samantha Jones played by Kim Cattrall, who's oh, yeah. an amazing actress. Yeah. I love her. Um, but when I think of Tarantino films, like mm -hmm. you were talking about yeah. or breaking bad, yeah, there was hardly any sex yeah. there. And yeah. Tarantino films are about 
glory and guts, right? Or guts yeah. or, blood, or just violence, blood, blood, all blood. of it. Yeah. And he magically has mm -hmm. made many films mm -hmm. where there is love interest. And in, I always mm -hmm. think about the very, uh, and it was one of her first crossover films mm -hmm. by Salma Hayek, Hayek mm -hmm. I can't say her name, Salma Hayek. Mm -hmm. When she did the exotic dance yeah. in uh, From Dust Till Dawn, mm -hmm. and it was very a very sexually alluring dance, but yeah. she was clothed. Yeah. She had a bikini on yeah. and she had a snake on her. Yeah, I mean, I, when I think Tarantino and, and women's roles, I generally think strong women or yeah. women that are desiring power. But know? the reason why I mention that mm -hmm. is because Tarantino, his style of filmmaking mm -hmm. is heavily based on the fact that he used to work as an usher at a porn theater. Was it a porn theater? I thought it, he worked at a video store. No, he worked also at a porn uh -huh. theater. We kept that quiet back in. No, no, it's known. It's that he really? he he knows porn. Like he's uh -huh. he likes making films with that genre. I'm yeah. if I am mistaken, I apologize, everyone out here listening. But I the way I remember the story was mm -hmm. that he did work at a porn. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Um, so I also want to bring up another one okay. since we're in, and this is less about um women's roles and women's movement. This is in social justice. Um, there's a TV show that came out. Yeah. Uh, them. And it's not us. Um, us was Jordan Peele. Them is a spinoff. Not a spinoff. Sorry. It was a different director. Yeah. Some people compare it to it and say it is a ripoff. But okay. I think it's on its own a really good. It's about an African-American family that moves to Compton in the 60s. And... Um, and there was, you know, a lot of prejudice, racism, yeah. they wanted them out and, and, but the government, uh, didn't want them out. They wanted that family to stay there. Okay. Interestingly, okay. I won't say too much because it's part of the, the revelation, but there's a lot of social justice, a lot of history, a lot of, uh, history about race in Los Angeles Right. that I grew up in Los Angeles and I didn't know about. Yeah. So I learned, but it was a horror it was a horror horror film series. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a horror genre. Okay, but there was was there gratuitous sex? Um, no, okay. but it was a lot of violence. Okay, but I think the over the the um, connecting theme I'm trying to say is like um, the mixing of entertainment uh -huh. and, and social justice is happening. Okay, and it's happening more. Um, I want to. But let me. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question here. I got to jump in here. Okay, first of all, one thing I did find out, yes, he did work as an usher as an adult film, okay. Tarantino, after he dropped out of high school. Um, but he also did work at a video store. Okay. So we're both right. Mm -hmm. um, but my question to you is, yeah. Sky Rojo, yeah. would you have objected to it having social justice themes if there wasn't as much gratuitous sex? I mean, I guess it wouldn't work so much because it mm -hmm. was about sex workers. I mean, they could have not shown the sex scenes. They could have just that's, described that, the narrative of the people. That's exactly what um, Abby Robinson of Digital Spy had said, that she quotes, female trauma used as a stunt to entertain and titillate. Ooh. And so that's what it really is. Like, I think if there's a, con it's, if there's a controversy, it's about, it's not about that there's sex and violence. It's about how much yeah. and how much how much attention are you putting on that their bodies okay. um to tell a point, to say a point. Okay. And and you know, the 
proven method of probably Hollywood and all the sex sells, violent yeah. sells. Yeah. The more you put it on there, the more they want to watch it. Mm-hmm. But then if you're like, well, the more you put it on there, the more they're going to also learn about the message and, and the, the topic of, of sex slavery and women being kidnapped and brought. Right. And so. Or do you think it'll desensitize people? That is why I brought it up. You know, okay. that's why I want to talk to you about it. And, um, and I know you haven't seen it, but like, no. it's, it's not a matter of seeing it. It's just a matter of what you think about right, right. the topic in general, like, you know, sex and violence. Will it make people be more conscious? You know, um, I, I personally, I don't know. Yeah, I love, I love a good war film. Like I watched platoon, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I've watched other social well, okay, even going back to something like Deliverance, mm-hmm. where that was a very, very conflicting social justice, but also uh, cultural narrative, yes. right? And and stereotyping. Mm-hmm. And then you watch, like you you know mentioned Breaking Bad, and yeah. there's a lot of stereotyping there. Or um, you can watch, uh, oh, what was the show? Weed? Was it Weed? That it was about the divorcee? Oh, weeds with an S. Thank you. And about the, or she was a widow. That was it. Mm-hmm. She was a widow and she had to make way and she was uh, selling marijuana to be able to bring money for the table, you know, mm-hmm. for her, her family. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shows like that, mm-hmm. that talk about, okay, can we make this a justice piece? But I think right now when you're talking about highlight, because Jeffrey Epstein keeps mm-hmm. popping in my head. Yeah. And uh and then the other Hollywood producer uh, um gold uh finds uh Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Is it Steen? Weinstein. Steen. Weinstein. Steen. Thank you. Uh and those two people because watching the morning show mm-hmm. recently again watching this yeah. and thinking of Matt Lauer mm-hmm. and thinking about Matt all Lauer. of the people, right? Yeah. And and Woody Allen, mm-hmm. one of my oh, one of them used to be, uh, I don't, it's so conflicting. One of my favorite directors and now, the other, yeah. The, um, Cosby. The God, Bill Cosby. Okay. He came, he got out. And he got out, which, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. so my problem with this mm-hmm. is that I'm going to, for me, mm-hmm. not because I'm female, Yeah. completely from the sense of, are they using this sensationalism because it's current and in the news to capitalize on it and make money and profit from it. But are they actually doing any good? So if Sky Rojo is taking mm-hmm. all the profits that it made, mm-hmm. because first of all, if people don't realize nonprofits, okay, or mm-hmm. a for-profit company, mm-hmm. they have budgets. Mm-hmm. In those budgets include the salaries of the people in like in movies, they mm-hmm. include the salaries of the people, the directors, the actors, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then the profits thereafter go back to the investors mm-hmm. after all that's done, right? Mm-hmm. After the movie houses and all that, they have that. But are they taking all those profits and donating them to help women get out of sex slavery or get them out of, of dangerous situations are they taking that money and putting it toward that or are they just using it to make i think season the director just renovated his four. house no yeah. i'm kidding I don't well know. <laughs> that's I don't my know. point and that i think i would feel more comfortable knowing that all profits above costs mm-hmm. all the proceeds were going towards some type of of global organization money talks Right? Yeah, yeah. Money talks. Yeah, yeah actions right. speak louder than uh, words, exactly. people. Yeah. And 
and this is a call out to to people because I actually tried to um, research, look for some survey uh, um, questionnaire or something to where if there was a con- control group to watch a gratuitous sexual violent film with a message and then ask them at the end, do you, did you, are you more aware or empathetic now of these people, these victims, or do you not, or were you just purely entertained and you don't care? I, I I tried to look for something like that because if we find uh, hard um, facts about statistics that this really works, Mm -hmm. then I could see more of this happening and, and maybe it will have a good effect. But if it doesn't, to me, this is a, the biggest scam. The, the, this right. is, to me is a scam. Right. If it doesn't, because all it does, in and I can think of so many examples of of people who jump on the health bandwagon or the social justice bandwagon mm-hmm. and say, "Look, I'm not one of those bad people." Right. And they're just profiting all the way. Yeah. And and they they tag on a message. And then they say that we're we're not we're not one of those bad people, and but they're making they're making even more money. Now, Completely right. Completely. And so this is more to me more disgusting if if the statistics show right. that it doesn't make any difference in society. And um, I something that really bothers me. I'm a very healthy eater. I'm a very healthy eater. I look yes, for. Yes, you are. Um, you know. The healthiest products, mm-hmm. organic, you know, now in Spain, I don't worry as much. It's different rules. and uh, But I still look for healthy products and I look at the labels. And what's happening now more and more is there, there are products that are coming out with the label, mm-hmm. but not. They don't bring the real food. They don't bring the product to that, mm-hmm. to say what the label is. You know, it's false advertising. Yeah. And that's the same feeling I get is like I'm paying extra for this, uh, you know, so-called organic food. Um, yet it's still bad. You know, it's as bad as the other one. I'm, I'm more upset about that than someone who just says, here's this crap, buy it. Right. You know? Right. Um, and that's how I feel if this is true. You know, I initially love Skyrocko and I recommended it to some people. Um, in my initial thought, I said, this could work. You know, a lot of people who are so prone to sex and violence, because that's all they grew up with. Right. And pornography. Right. Um, that message could be powerful in in a very maybe in a very subtle but big way, because when you put out uh, a big social justice film or mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I went to see Seven, um, and I looked at the audience, you know, there's about um, sixty people in the audience when I saw that theater production Seven, yeah. and and they were all uh, fairly much it looked like older and wealthier, right? Um, some couples, some young couples, but mostly older. Was it in Spanish or English? It was in English, actually. Okay. And I thought, where where are the young people? Yeah. Where are the maybe the marginalized people, the the ones who who are um, affected negatively by society in general? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Where are mainstream young people? Right. You know, they weren't there, and they weren't. They didn't show the majority. Is it because there's no sex or violence? You know, is it because that 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 play didn't appeal to them. So, do you think it's like the when we think of um, oh, uh, and, and I'm thinking of uh, Japanese anime. 
anime that's another thing and i and i'm i'm very basic i have basic knowledge about anime i did you know spend a lot of time in tokyo i'm in surrounded by it mm-hmm. but i didn't become a huge fan but i know about which talking about the sex and the violence right um and that in that society does not produce more violence you know okay um statistically doesn't really show so uh, my uh-huh. my point yeah. of that is yeah. that anime video games yeah. they always say oh it promotes more violence more mm-hmm. sex that you right you see this right um do you think that any of that has again desensitized but also caused uh, a hole in mm-hmm. the viewers' minds that unless it's there, mm-hmm. they don't, like you said, they don't want to go see it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that somebody could watch a film that has no gratuitous sex or violence in it and, and watch it and, and be like, okay, that was the best film I've ever seen in my life? I think, I think the tolerance level is lower, meaning... I think most people can watch most people can watch a film that has no sex or violence, but it has to be riveting. It has to be super engaging. Okay. Maybe if it's a subtle film about personalities, about human human, you know, yeah, the human spectrum of life, you know, um, that might be boring to them. So Whereas, do you do you think Sky Rojo got all of these uh, accolades because it had so much of the sex and violence that where people were like, yeah, I really. I really want to, because I mean, listening to those three women reviewers, yeah, yeah. one was just like, this is stupid. They should not have put this in. The other people were like, I just want to watch the sex and violence. Don't yeah. give me the morality clause, uh, yeah. you know, or, you know, don't give me the lesson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it seems to me that it's like a one way or the other with all three of the people reviewing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think the ones who liked it loved, loved the fact that it was so Pulp Fiction style, yeah. um, Breaking Bad. I mean, all the references that I generally like right. makes me want to watch it. And I, I loved that side of it. Yeah. That's why I, I originally was like recommending it. Yeah. Um, um, and I still recommend it. But if I recommend it to someone, mm-hmm. I, ha- I, feel, I feel obligated to bring up this topic. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Say, it's a disclaimer. Contra- or just say that, you know, there's a controversy and I want to know what you think about it. Let's mm-hmm, talk. I mm-hmm. would be more interested in what you thought about it after. Mm-hmm, Not like, mm-hmm. uh, go check it out. See you later. You know, yeah. it's more like, let's have a discussion about it yeah. because there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, themes there that are complex. But don't you think that makes it successful in its own right, where it even makes uh, objective viewers want to discuss it after with other people? Yeah, I, and uh, I agree. But I think larger society, mainstream um, society who are desensitized, yeah, I want to know if they watch it, are they more empathetic towards victims in, in this uh, particular case? Well, I want to go back to something that um, was brought to my attention here while we were discussing this about uh, an organization, a nonprofit in Canada mm-hmm. called Stella. Mm-hmm. living and working in safety and with dignity. And they're out of uh, Montreal or Montreal, mm-hmm. however you'd like to say it. And their, uh, their mission statements are to offer support and information to sex workers so that sex workers can work and live in safety with dignity. They want to help counter violence, the different factors that put sex workers at risk of contracting HIV and STIs and other threats to our community's general well-being. 
They're trying to fight discrimination towards sex workers as well as the social isolation and stigmatization that is endured by many. They're working toward the dis- uh, decriminalization of all forms of sex work, and they're working for the support Uh, supporting the participation of sex worker involvement in communities and to encourage the creation of platforms and forums used to discuss sex work on municipal, provincial, federal, international levels. And I I think that they said, I really like the Stella's team works toward these goals by promoting solidarity among sex workers and by creating spaces where sex workers can access power. So one thing we know in film... And in life, but in film, the depiction of the powerful mm-hmm. and the powerless mm-hmm. and how they capture that and portray that, it really is the the biggest uh, part of the moral compass of a show. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, and the thing that a little bothered, it bothered me a lot, actually, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. The thing that bothered me was the fact that the female regardless of her previous trauma as a child that Mm. chose to be a sex worker was the one from Spain Mm -hmm. and that the other two were uh, enslaved as sex workers Mm -hmm. and they were not from Spain. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think if it were me directing it, Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's probably the reality that they're seeing, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of women Mm -hmm. around the world that choose to be sex workers Mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And I have to, go out there and tell people this not every single person who is a sex worker comes from an abusive family Mm -hmm. full of drugs and you know parentless and Mm -hmm. you know or abused by sexually abused by others and whatnot there are people who come from backgrounds that are just like you and me raised in normal families quote unquote with no trauma or Mm -hmm. abuse and choose to be sex workers so unfortunately the depicted, you know, uh, majority yes. of sex workers are the ones that are on the street, mm-hmm. full of HIV, no STIs, no, no control, autonomy, right, 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 and um, and that is and that is where I think society is at. Yeah. So, but absolutely, one hundred percent enslavement of of any person, mm-hmm. doesn't regardless of gender right. or identity, that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and being forced to do something, whether it's labor of any kind, whether it's sex labor or any kind of labor, Mm because you know, there are slaves, modern slavery exists. Yes. And that is where I think I would draw the line when it comes to depicting this in, in television shows, Mm -hmm. unless I'm going to go back to my previous comment, unless this company and all TV shows that that are talking about mm-hmm. this narrative are doing something about it with the profits. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be about sex working. It could be mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to talk about Alzheimer's in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they take the profits of that film and throw it toward the Alzheimer's research mm-hmm. foundation. I mean, I would like to see more social justice yeah. happen that way yeah. in films mm-hmm. and TV where they actually put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that seems like that would make things a lot more equitable in my mind. I agree. I agree. I I would add to that that it has to be authentic. It has to be an authentic um um I don't want to say donation, but you know, funding right. to that. I I sometimes feel what's happening now like people will add a charity or donation to some big event like um Elon Musk and ah. his big spaceship, you know, they <laughs> and they raise a lot of money spaceship, yeah. Raised a lot of money for uh, children's cancer research. Yes, you know, and 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 that sounds great. 
I just don't want it to be for him. That's probably a drop in the bucket, but, um, but I don't want it to, to be a permission for other people to do some really bad things and say, look, it's for charity. You know, I don't want that either. Right. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of problems out there in this whole world. Mm -hmm. In this particular topic, even Mm -hmm. a famous porn star, Ron Jeremy arrested with how many countless amounts of rape and, and molestation charges Mm -hmm. where Hollywood accepted him as mainstream like yeah. oh yeah it's ron jeremy a classic porn actor mm-hmm. and then it all comes out just like they did with uh bill cosby a classic actor and then look where we're at there uh-huh. um you know so i just i just think we're always going to have the issue because mm-hmm. in our humanity there's always going to be a penis and a vagina or some type of other sexual Oregon out there that people are engaging with mm-hmm. and there is always going to be this situation again of the powerful and the powerless. Mm-hmm. And again, this goes beyond sexual preference, sexual yeah. identity, sexual, you know, physical mm-hmm. gender, mental, you know, I, I, all of the different identities, yeah. right. That goes yeah. beyond all of that. This goes beyond who has the power or this is what it's about. I mean, it's right. who has the power and how they portray it. So if you were, let me ask you this question, because you talked, we talked about your daughters and you, and you talked about raising them. Mm-hmm. So you watch Sky Rojo. Yeah. So you're telling me, you know, we're both of the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, almost, I'm yeah. a little bit older, yeah. but you know what I mean? Same generation. Same generation. And you're telling me as you're equal, mm-hmm. I'm not going to recommend this, but I'm not going to not recommend it. Exactly. But what would you tell your daughters? I would... Here's the thing. I raised them and I know they are critical thinkers. Okay. So I would recommend it to them because they could look at it from a very objective eye. And of course, being my daughters, I know I would be having conversations afterwards. Okay. And I would probably have the same conversation that I would have with you now. So you're being very mindful about this then. Because I want them to see what's happening. I want them to see what quote unquote Hollywood is doing with social justice mm-hmm. and is it does it work is it does it work for your generation yeah um and that's something I wanted to uh, probably the last part I wanted to bring up okay and I wanted a real quick shout out to a show that I want to see mm-hmm. uh it's um considered the first Native American TV show on FX called Reservation Dogs oh I want to see that, that? yes yeah. it yeah. looks so good right oh yeah and, I want to watch um, that this leads to my last topic, unless you want okay. to. Question. But I just want to know, oh, yeah, reservation yeah. dogs. Does it say which reservation, which which um, nation of people? I only know it's in in Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's probably there's Cherokee. a lot of tribes there, but probably, but I, I don't know. I didn't check. Um, and I'm not recommending it because I haven't seen it. But okay. I'm just telling everybody I want to see it. Okay. Right. Got it. Um, but the last part of this I want to bring up, which is an interesting um, side topic. Mm-hmm is um, something that is happening uh, in particularly in Hollywood. It's called um, it's called sorry literacy no it's called narrative strategy. Narrative strategy narrative strategy um, another term that's coined that's simil- that's the same thing a different word for the same thing is cultural strategy cultural strategy and um, there's a I haven't heard these. Yeah, there's a book out, and this is where I'm where I researched. There's a book out um, by Katie Borum Chatu, who wrote a book called Entertainment Dash Education as Social Justice 
activism in the United States. Nice. And um, she has says that she had said that there's a movement happening, and what a narrative strategy is is there's a a marriage happening of social justice advocacy advocacy groups mm-hmm. and Hollywood executives and big media um, um, companies mm-hmm. that are um, working together to create more uh, integrative and inclusive narratives for tv shows and films Mm. and um that's part of the reason why we see more uh, multicultural films okay more films that are that are you know more diverse right basically right and um these groups one of them particular uh she mentioned was called define americans (laughs) and um and so that's something i wanted to bring up too not so much as like, hey, look what's happening. It's more like, well, this is happening, right? But where are we taking it? You right, know? And right. is Sky Rojo a product of that? Oh. Right? Are we taken to the extreme now where we can put as much sex and violence as we want? Yeah. But with the label of social justice, we feel good about it. And you that's, know, that's a great, a great theory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I am definitely going to reflect on that when I'm watching the, uh, the television show or is it, is it cable TV? I'm sorry. It's, uh, Sky Rojo. Yeah. Is it Netflix? It's Netflix. Yeah. It's Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Oh, and producer Lauren just handed me the information about reservoir or reservation dogs mm-hmm. on FX and that the characters are not based on any specific indigenous tribe. Okay. So that's cool right. because they're just saying indigenous teenagers mm-hmm. is what it pops up. Okay, All cool. Right. Um, I'm, that's going to be on my, my next, my next viewing, both of these, but I will say Mm -hmm. that your theory is incredibly intriguing. Great. And no, I I think it's great. And I think we should be made aware of it. I think one of the problems that television and film has Mm -hmm. and always will have is that it was initially created Mm -hmm. to make us forget and to be entertained because it came out of the generations where let's not worry about the world wars going on. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the theater or the depression. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the theater, escape mm-hmm. and be entertained. That's yes. Right. That's what, yeah. The original purpose was yes. the, the reasons. Right. Yeah. So then as it evolved, mm-hmm. it started gaining as an art form, an art form, an art right? form right? It started gaining all sorts of variety mm-hmm. that and, came out. And I, I feel like film and media has, helped us evolve 100%. But there's it, no doubt about that, right? But there also but there's also uh I love the line that I just watched the other night mm-hmm. Martin Short in the morning show okay. says that humanity happens in the unspoken moments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But he's speaking this line mm-hmm. as a predator filmmaker. <laughs> I remember he was in there. Okay. I forgot he was in there, actually. If you didn't know about that in context, mm-hmm. you would think, what a great line. Because mm-hmm. it stuck with me. It was such a great yeah. written line. Yeah. Humanity happens in the unspoken moments. Yeah. Because previous to that moment, he stated that he felt sorry for this new generation of consent. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's some of the irony in there. The irony, yeah. right? And he's like, well, it's just not sexy. Uh-huh. Consent's not sexy. We basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing at this point, but it was basically based on that information. And so, yeah. so think about that. Like yeah. TV, I mean, think about all of the movies we've seen uh-huh. 
all the art from all the film noir films that right. I love so much that, uh-huh. you know, Bogart and Bacall, mm-hmm. where he's basically just taking her. Mm-hmm. There's no consent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and if there is, it's, there's the, there's a lot of, of portrayal of I'm going to pretend that I don't want you, but I'm still going to take, you know, just mm-hmm. think of it. Even if you think about uh, the film, uh, fatal attraction, mm-hmm. There's some crazy, crazy stuff going on, even mm-hmm. with the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the What's the one with, um, oh gosh, Michael Douglas, another Michael Douglas mm-hmm. film with uh, Sharon Stone. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the big controversial one. Yeah. The scene. Yeah. Sharon Stone uh, and... Uh, Michael Douglas was. I'm looking the, it up. I cannot you say sixteen candles. No, <laughs> sixteen candles is another sixteen. Uh, okay, there's Molly another Ringwald. one. Yeah, that's. Let me tell you about that one. No, it's a Basic Instinct. Oh, basic yeah. Instinct. He takes her literally. It's like a, almost like date rape on mm-hmm. front of the camera. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Lauren, producer Lauren, to yeah. the rescue here. Sixteen candles. One of our one of our generation's sure. film. Yeah. And you watch that now. Mm-hmm. And he's basically he date rapes her when she's passed out. I have to watch that again. Yeah, I don't remember. And and she wakes up and says, "He said, she, I think he, she says, I think it was something like, did we do it?'" And I, she says, "I think so." But she's like, "But you know what? I think I liked it." Wow. Yeah. Guess who wrote that film? A man. A man. <laughs> a man who wrote Sixteen Candles, producer Lauren. Let's see. What does the woman? No, no, I'm sure it was. Uh, I don't think it was. It was uh, the guy that did all of them. He did yeah. Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, John Hughes. John Hughes. Oh, yeah. John Hughes, wow. the He's director, quote unquote, legend. of our generation. Yeah. And um, I loved, I loved uh, the other one with the high school. Breakfast oh, Club, yeah. Pretty in, and Pretty in Pink. Yeah, I saw that. And um, St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Um, Breakfast Club is my favorite. Though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all of those movies. Yeah, and the Heather's too. That's another film if you haven't watched it. There's oh, so so that's when started this thing started to change. I think late in the starting in the nineties, mm-hmm. things started to change, and you started started seeing shifts toward mm-hmm. this is not okay. Mm-hmm. I think a hundred years from now, mm-hmm. many of the films that started off as the great classics mm-hmm. will be completely canceled. Mm-hmm. They'll be like. Nope. And I think it'll extend all through the 20th century. Mm-hmm. I think 21st century films are going to change the genre or they'll go, like you said, down this rabbit hole of mm-hmm. they're just going to have so much exploitation and violence. It's not going to matter. And they're just going to throw it all out there together. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would yeah. I would recommend all mm-hmm. of our listeners mm-hmm. to watch Euphoria because that's a Gen Z. Very, very. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking in the 80s. No, no. Euphoria is With a, Zende- Zendaya. Zendaya. I almost said Zendaya. Yeah. Isn't it Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya. I would have said Zendaya. Well, that's Spanish, yeah. It happens. It's Zendaya. Yeah. yeah. She is amazing in it. And I love there's these two scenes that I can't forget. She was so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's but, discovering her own sexuality. Yeah. They discuss that. They discuss the fact that there's... Uh, there's some non-binary mm-hmm. things going yeah. on in that. Yeah. And then there's transgender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, uh, and, and, and shapers in there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Producer Lauren. Thank you. And I think it's pretty amazing because it's, it's for me, mm-hmm. the, I didn't find any violence or sex portrayed in that mm-hmm. series as gratuitous. Mm. I felt that it was 
explorative and and um and artistic or, well or something no like that? not even explorative and artistic i'd say explorative but i think what it i don't think that explorative would be the word mm-hmm. i think the word is a portrayal of reality for a culture that the the mainstream world still doesn't understand mm-hmm. and i also think that it was done in a very tasteful manner and i think it was purposeful mm-hmm. it was purposeful whereas the other things that you're describing yeah. doesn't seem purposeful. It just it, like girls, like yeah. going back to girls again. It it was maybe Lena Dunham did that on purpose because she wanted shock value, and and yeah. she's an amazing writer and director. Let me just mm-hmm. say that. Shout out to Lena Dunham. I love you. I think mm-hmm. you're amazing. I watched every episode of Girls. I loved every broken character you wrote in that mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. but I but I see it that way, and okay. I'm sorry if it wasn't supposed to be that way, Lena. Okay. You know, you might hate me now, but uh, uh, who, who, Miss Miss Dunham. Oh, I don't know if I I don't know her well enough to call her by her first name. So she might Dunham. be she might be our first listener right now. She may she, she may might be sitting right I, now. Let's hope so. That would just yeah. make my year. Uh, but it, let's put it this way: I think that she has a a, a voice that's necessary because, if anything, mm-hmm. what if her portrayal of girls was just to be a slap in the face to sex in the city and say, that's not really what's going on. This mm-hmm. is what's going on. I don't know, but I feel like that's like a, a reaction. Say, this is not our generation. I'm going to show you my generation, yeah. you know, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like they're really trying to set themselves apart as a generation. Well, know? they did though. Yeah, It was incredibly successful yeah. for that mm-hmm. moment. And Adam Driver was a successful launch from there. He starred in that. And in that the, was his first uh-huh. main break. And the, yeah, and Adam Driver, he's great. But yes, we love the you thing too. that I did like mm-hmm. a lot about um, girls mm-hmm. was they weren't all rich. They weren't all like, I know one of the characters in Sex and the City wasn't rich and she was, you know, trying to find an apartment, couldn't find anything. Yeah. But like, most of the characters and girls were like in shitty apartments, like sharing Ex- a tiny yeah. room. Yeah. That to me is reality. Yeah. That that's to me the bigger difference of of films and TVs, TV of, you know, now we're talking about mainstream, maybe quote unquote white characters that are struggling financially well i would have liked it though lena i really would have really liked it lena if you had a woman of color be one of the girls and that would have made me what did you 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 remember with um because shoshana had a different religion and that's about it but what what happened to that one episode or two episodes with um uh what's the the black um actor slash singer in atlanta i forgot his name oh gosh yeah yeah i know who you're talking about i can't think of his name right now yeah yeah no he was in there yeah but i mean still we're talking we're talking sub yeah oh my god charles gambino yeah Um, but he he was in there he was in there but it was such a sub character but what i read i actually read an article oh good see educate me well you know i hope this article was right but she felt so much pressure for putting a person of color in there that she put Charles Gambino in yeah. and he agreed to it. And he apparently wanted to be the exact opposite of the stereotypical, stereotypical black man. And so that's why okay. he was like the super conservative guy. And, um, but that's okay. I mean, I have no issue yeah, with that, but, but I'm it, just talking, she needed to have more people of yeah, color yeah, yeah, in yeah. general because New York did, city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right. Of course. But it, it's like, that's a debate too. 
because like if you're isn't she from Iowa? I don't know. She's like from a small town somewhere. Well, I her think. character was also from a small town. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sure she didn't. Gr- if she grew up in New York, there would be people of color in there. Right? Yeah, well, there was. Yeah, let's hope so. So, um, but the way they put in Charles Gambino was like like a patch on somebody's pants. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I and that I don't think that just that didn't was cool. Work. And I think she was like, and I think her argument is that she's so um, removed from people of color's experience okay, but I'm that sorry. she doesn't want to stereotype them in her show. But she was born of a Jewish mother mm. and a Protestant father, which makes her eligible to practice Jewish. I mean, anybody could be Jewish, but you know what I'm saying? But by the, by the laws of Judaism, if your mother is Jewish, you are they considered. I don't know if she was a practicing Jewish person. She says she felt culturally Jewish. And she says, and that's a big cliche for Jewish women to say, and I totally agree with that. Um, but she did connect, apparently, to Judaism. And she was born, guess where? Where? New York City. What? That yep. makes even... Yeah. Yeah. But she went to Oberlin. She went to Oberlin, which I get it, you know. I don't know. But like... <sighs> that's yeah. weird. I'm, I, if she was from Iowa or something, I'd be, I would understand. Yeah. But anyway... I'm not a huge fan of the show. I saw two seasons, so I must have liked some of it. Yeah. But well, I don't know. Um, it's good analytical things. Like no, sometimes brought, I watch things that I analyze the whole time I'm but watching. But you brought it. up girls and it kind of woven into what I brought up. So it, yeah. it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So I'm going to challenge us to continue this path at another podcast moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can, one of us will come up with some topic related to the fact about what we're talking about one Mm -hmm. the gratuitousness of it all but two also the what we think about gen z going forward are they going to have more people of color are they going to have more diversity is it going to be less violent is it going to be more violent you Mm -hmm. know that might be something we want to talk about another time sure all righty all right well this has been translate this by richard and melissa i want actually someone to translate all of this yeah no, I don't, I'm sure someone could, but that's well, all. They're going to transcribe. Translate this. They're going to transcribe this. Transcribe this. <laughs> so this has been Translate This. And again, sponsored by Barbier International and our day jobs. And you can find us on social media at uh, Facebook at translate.this.podcast. Twitter at translate this underscore P and Instagram at translate this underscore podcast. And you can find us on our website at translate this dash podcast.com. Don't forget the dot. Gotta get that dot and the dash, not underscore, dot but dash. dash. Yeah. All right. That's another thing. I'm going to find out why is it an underscore and then a dash. That just seems like two words so relatively removed from each other. Like another word for underscore. Yeah. I don't know. Big dash. (laughs) (laughs) Big daddy dash. (laughs) All right, viewers and listeners. Well, you can't see us, but you know, maybe one day you could. You could see us. We can. You know, we could do that one day, but I don't know. I don't think I want to. I'm going to put a very, very invisible dark photo of me (laughs) just so you could see who I am. I'm just this person behind the microphone. You You can see us on our website. All right. Signing off. Signing off. To translate this. this.